What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Heck vs. Hell, where the truth we tell. Okay. I'm actually excited for this one because we're actually going to go into conversations that a lot of people do not have, nor do they even want to have because they don't have the mental capacity to go into these kind of conversations, okay? So Lex and I were actually having previous conversations um, right before we got on here, but this is going to be about a lot of different things that we do not see, okay? And one of those things is I was watching... Now You See Me. Great movie. It's about magicians basically going on heists. And what these magicians do is they're more so kind of, in a sense, doing Robin Hood acts where they're trying to, I wouldn't say take out the economy, but more so level the playing field on the economy where they're, in a sense, like Robin Hood, like Robin Hood was over here go and take it from the rich, give it to the poor, right? He was trying to level out the economy. Um, There's this one guy, Mansa Moonsa, I believe his name is. I might have said that wrong. But he was actually someone that was so incredibly rich that whenever he went through, I I can't remember what it was, what place it was. It might have been Egypt. But whenever he went through a certain city, he was so rich and he carried so much money with him, so much gold and treasures and, and all these precious gems and jewels that he was just giving it out to everybody that he actually went and bankrupt an economy to a sense. I wouldn't say the word bankrupt, but he like crashed an economy because there was so much money to be flowing. You know what I mean? And whenever it gets like that to an extent, I understand why there is an economy, especially on this world, because there's always got to be a balance, right? There's always got to be bad for there to be good, okay? There's, there's, in, in this world, economy is just something that has to be. Just like Christ said, there is always going to be a poor. In the kingdom of heaven, there's not going to be a poor. There's not going to be such a thing as an economy. There's not going to be such a thing as trying to trade in your time for money, you know, as having to work all these other things. You know, we might have certain tasks to do because I don't know. That's my own opinion. You know, I don't know what it's going to be like all the way. I just know it's going to be something glorious that is just to be celebrated. It's going to be like the best feeling or best celebration you've ever had. That's the feeling that you're going to have just a peak sense of gratitude, love, happiness, joy, that's what you're going to be feeling all the time. So it's going to be something sublime. You know, there's not going to be the point of coming down and, and seeing lack because you're in that eternalness, right? You know, it could be to the point, I don't know, you know, I haven't gone that far deep to think about it, but there might be situations where maybe you could be put back into time You know, I don't know if any of you have watched All Dogs Go to Heaven, but that was a movie where basically there was these street dogs and they would go to, I think they got, they were arrested, they escaped from jail and, you know, there was just so much things going on. They were literally living a sinner's life. Okay, there were these dogs, they could talk to each other, and then there was a little girl that they found, and she could speak to the animals, and they used her, they were basically using her to know what racer, you know, because they were racing rats, and then they went to horse races, they were, all these type of things, they were using her to know who was going to win so they could bet on it, right, just as people try to rig certain things so they can bet on that, that's kind of what they were doing. Um, but at the end of it, you know, he just didn't really want anything to do with it. He had the opportunity to go to heaven. He went in heaven, but he came and changed back the main dog. Right. And he, he just didn't want to be there. You know, he wanted the, the street of sin. He wanted the life of sin. So what had happened was they told him if he leaves, he can't ever go back. And at the end of the movie, you know, I don't want to spoil it or anything like that, but you know, it turns out good, okay? He gave his life. He laid down his life um, for someone. So it was a really good movie to understand that, you know, everybody will not want heaven. And that's 100% understandable because one thing is, 
you have the choice whether you want to go to heaven or to hell. That is a really personal choice to an extent. You know, I can't say that it's for everyone to decide because at times, you know, you just get touched and convicted by the spirit without you wanting to. A lot of the times it's a willingness to go to, you know, some people, they have more radical situations, right? Like Paul, Paul, and uh, he was previously saw he was a Pharisee. You know, he thought he was doing God's work. He got touched. He was living in the manner that he was living, but he was living because he thought it was right. Right. And we had a previous episode talking about we all kind of live for what we believe is good. You know, whether it feels good to us, whether we just think it's good, whatever it may be. He was thinking that he was living good. You know, and that's what a lot of people do from the lack of knowledge. We want to live in what feels good to us to an extent. You know, maybe it's not good in our morality, even in our morality standpoint. We know it's bad and we're trying to do bad, but that's where it gets to that point because whenever you understand and you know truth and you are not doing truth you know you are not going towards what is right that's where it gets a lot more consequential because the reason that hell was created in the first place was for the uh the fallen angels it was created for the angels and the followers the followers of the angels so it was it wasn't ever intended it was never a place intended for mankind we were supposed to be perfect. We were supposed to be made in the image. But of course, it was something that God ultimately knew that we would uh, want, we, we would have to go to. Because if we don't want to live in his presence, that's what heaven is. The Garden of Eden, if you look at it in, uh, what, what are they called? Something glyphics, hieroglyphics, no polygraph no i don't know something basically like the the pictures pictographs i know one of you are over here yelling at the at the basically the audio right now saying this is the name hieroglyphics i don't know i don't know i could be wrong whatever it is what they were using in egypt if you go and you look at that that's kind of in a similar way to what hebrew was to what old ancient hebrew was it was certain symbols that meant certain things okay so they were written in similar fashions like that and if you look at it it literally means the garden of eden literally means the presence of god you know in the presence of god so that's what the garden of eden was and to understand that it was more so of a combination of heaven and earth so heaven and earth were once one, right? Just as you have a body of flesh and a, and a mind, you know, your body, your soul, and your spirit, they're one. It was a one in that sense. So you could look at it as the spirit and the flesh were one, right? And that's that's the beauty of it too, is because just like Christ, he came as the Garden of Eden. Actually, this is a revelation right now that I'm getting as I'm talking to you. He came as a fulfilled Garden of Eden. He was heaven and earth in one. He was, and and if you see a lot through his ministry, a lot of what he spoke of, a lot of what he taught wasn't, hey, there's this division, you know, hey, there's supposed to be all that. No, uh, the main point was the kingdom of heaven is at hand, right? And and it was him being and living the kingdom of heaven, him being the living word and bringing the truth okay so one thing the the reason i wanted to have this conversation in the first place was because of magic okay that movie as i was going into now you see me it talks about magic and they were saying a couple things that just kind of resonated with me it was a great movie i love i don't know why i love those type of movies where they're just so intricately plotted out to where you can see the end result unfold you know like there are certain okay i know um there are certain shows that just are so mentally challenging to where it's like someone bringing this together and and coming up with these type of plans is just beautiful um so i like those type of shows and movies but with this one, they were saying a couple things where it was talking about deception well magic is deception but it's for good in a sense, you know, and that begs the question is, 
is magic good or bad? Because me, I kind of always liked magic. You know, that was something I was very interested in. And as a kid, I was actually very interested in a lot of different things. You know, I was looking at mermaids. I was looking at aliens. Uh, my uncle told us stories of gnomes um, in Mexico. He told us stories of shapeshifters in his home village, how they would come and shapeshift into donkeys and basically um, take their herds of, of of livestock. So there was a lot of things that I believed in that a lot of people don't believe in, you know, and, and growing up Catholic, I didn't have too much of a connection to the Catholic church. But if I would have like learned about these type of stories, which weren't very much so taught, um, but at the same time, you know, I didn't go to church and my family wasn't a very deeply Catholic family. They, I would have probably fell into the Catholic church hard. Thankfully, I didn't um, because one of the conversations that I want to have is talking about the depth of these type of things, like the knowledge that's really hidden, you know, and one of those things is as simple as the book of Enoch. The book of Enoch is a scripture that is so beautifully put that they just kind of had to take it out, you know, and, and I don't know who it was exactly that decided, hey, this shouldn't be in the canon Bible. I don't know why they even named it a canon Bible. Like, hey, let's take out the some of the parts, you know, and here's here's the foundation of what we should put out there. That's really stupid, whoever did that. But in the Ethiopian Bible, they have a lot more books. They have, um, I believe it's 83 or something like that. Maybe it's more. And in the canon Bible, right, and the one we're very familiar with worldwide, it has 66 books. And the book of Enoch is actually one of the books that is not in the canon Bible. And I have it. I have the book of Enoch and it is a really good book and I have not gotten all the way into it. But what it is, is it talks about more of a depth of what went on in the times of Noah, what went on when the angels came and they basically shifted the the world by bringing in certain knowledge. Okay, so. In a sense, that almost makes you think, like, why is this knowledge hidden? You know, I don't want you, you know, we talked about recently about divination, and I don't want you to say, hey, look out for that. Go look for divination and look for all these other things and none of that. But it's a whole idea of if you believe in magic, for example, right? We know a lot of them, they do certain mind tricks, and they're just really good at their sleight of hand and, and certain... Basically, it is deception to an extent, but there's also things like Samson, which seems so unbelievable, which seems so incredibly unrealistic, yet I believe it. I don't know for you guys, I don't know if you guys believe that Christ walked on water, but I do. I believe he fed over 5,000 people with just a couple loaves of bread and a couple fish. I believe that Samson could kill thousands of men with his bare hands and a donkey's jawbone because the power of the spirit entered him and the thing about it is too like I've seen visions of myself actually I saw a vision where I was taking my daughter I I don't have any kids yet but I've seen my daughter um I know I'm gonna have a daughter for sure I don't know how many boys I'm gonna have or children total but I'm thinking from the visions that I've seen I'm going to have three, which are two boys and one girl. And I've already named the girl. Beautiful, beautiful little girl. Just a bundle of joy. Um, I'm not going to tell you her name, of course. But she's just adorable. And I remember in this vision that I saw, I was going into a hospital because she was sick. First of all, that was kind of a weird thing to do because... I I don't know. I I don't believe in modern medicine all the way. Um I it could have just been for trying to understand what the problem was so I could pray for it because I understood that at that time my faith was incredibly strong. And I say this because what was happening was I was kind of jogging inside with my baby. My baby was in my hand, my arm. And I was holding her and I was kind of jogging inside to the elevator. Um and I had my little brother yet with me, my younger brother. 
and on the way towards the elevator, there was a bunch of dads and they had their own children right in the waiting room and their children were sleeping and my baby was crying and they were kind of all like complaining because they woke their babies up. So they started telling me stuff, you know, saying all this and that, saying certain things and kind of directing it at my baby, you know, shut that dumb baby up, things like that. Me, I got upset. So I I basically stand up to all of them and just tell them all, like, shut the F up, um, <laughs> these certain types of things. And while I'm still kind of jogging to the hospital because I'm like, I'm not going to, I mean, jogging to the elevator because I'm like, I, I'm, I'm on a mission, but hey, you know, shut up, you, you, because it wasn't them, of course, right? Every, we're always going against spiritual entities, spiritual forces. Um, so they knew what they were doing. But at the same time, it riled them up to an extent. So like fast forward, the vision kind of went forward a little bit. And what had happened was I was in like the second floor or something like that. And I was alone and I could feel the sense of relief that I had, like my, my daughter's getting checked on or whatever. And then I look and at the elevator, guys pop out. You know, there's a bunch of guys, I want to say like 11 or 12 guys, and they're all wearing hoodies and bandanas and things like that. And they have shotguns, pistols, uh, AKs, all this type of stuff. And they come out, you know, they're kind of pointing pointing them at me, and I see my younger brother behind them. Now, this is a very profound, deep dream. But I see my little brother behind them um, and he almost had a sense of like kind of like a, a feeling that, you know, Judas would have. Right. Where he betrayed Christ. But his was a little more like, I don't know, he had a face of disappointment, a face of he was kind of forced to do it. I don't know. I, I don't know exactly how to explain it. But I looked at him when and then I looked at the ground and I nodded my head out of disappointment like he still doesn't know who I serve. And in the snap of a finger, they were all disarmed unconscious on the ground. And it was literally like I let the, the spirit of God take over and utilize my body to disarm these men in that fast. So that's the type of faith that I hold when it comes to God. That's the type of faith that I hold in understanding that these things are not outside of our reach. These things, even though they may seem like stories and story tales and fantasies, whatever you want to call them, they are very real. So to bring that back to the point of magic, some things that you may see being performed, like there was recently this one video that I saw of a little boy that was performing on something like America's Got Talent, but it wasn't, I think it was, it might've been like India's Got Talent or something. And he was doing these crazy stunts and literally walking in the air whenever there was no type of setup or anything. And you could see some type of shadow figure helping him. And it was just insane to see. And you knew what it was. Like, even if you have a keen feeling you can feel that that was something helping them out, right? So even when it comes to intuition, you know, if you have intuition, if you've seen it or experienced it, you understand that a lot of things that we do not see are still to be believed, okay? So that's where we start to uncover different levels of things because it just starts opening your eyes and realizing, wow, you know, there's far more beyond what I thought there was. There is so much things that I either decided to ignore, or just didn't want to believe. And even those videos, there used to be videos all the time. Whenever I was growing up, there would be videos where, well, whenever I was a certain age, I don't know how old I was, but there would be certain videos where there would be kind of CCTV footage of people teleporting, um, people moving extremely fast and saving people's lives, things like that. And I still believe some of those are real, you know, and, and you come to the understanding that there is so much real to these things, you know, like things like men in black. These are, these are things that they're kind of trying to show to 
desensitize you to tell you, hey, you know, it's just it's just messing around. But it's also like, hey, you know, these we're kind of letting you know what it is. And they think that that we can't handle it. But in reality, they try to control your emotions. Right. They try to tell you what is and what isn't real, because if we understood that teleportation, that super speed, that super strength, all these type of things were real, our bodies are literally capable of them. Even if you hypnotize yourself, one of the world's strongest men is Eddie Hall. Eddie Hall is a very strong man. And what he did was he hypnotized himself to the point where he put in his mind that if he didn't lift a certain weight at this one meet that he went to, that his children would die. It was something to that extent. He had said basically in an interview, this is kind of the analogy of what it was, of the severity of what it was. It wasn't that exactly. It was something else. He didn't want to tell it online basically, but it was something to that manner. And you see these moms all the time go and they have super strength, you know, they these incredible strength, incredible feats that people can perform, lifting cars off of children, um, doing all these types of things, surviving on whole different territories and, and situations that you believe you may have never survived in the first place. You know, even to the point of Goggins, David Goggins, right? Um, he's a man that pushes himself extremely far. You know, the average person, if someone like David Goggins wasn't real, you know, and they weren't doing all these type of things, trying to push the capabilities of the human body, someone wouldn't believe that he was able to run a uh, hundred miles at all, unless it would have took him, you know, a couple years or something, a couple weeks at least. He went and he ran it. I, I don't know if it was in 24 hours, 48 hours, something like that, something along those lines. But he ran it pretty relatively fast. And that's something that we don't understand. We limit ourselves and we allow outside influences to limit us. Okay, and that's something stupidly stupid, I want to say, because we we do it even to people around us. One thing that I really, really, really hated was that I had a friend and he had a he had a wife that actually limited what he would believe. He would have incredible faith. He saw people's tumors disappear because of what God can do. And he had a wife that was so materialistic, that was so physical, so 3D, three dimensional, right? That she would see these things, she's experienced them, yet she would limit his faith because she wouldn't allow him to believe to that extent because she couldn't believe it. And that's one thing that I just, I hate that we do. And and a lot of people, they put that on their children. You know, my, my parents, they definitely put a lot of limits on me. I've told y'all before about how my dad one time, he limited us to the amount of success that we could have to the amount of financial income we could have. He told us, hey, you know, if you just go to college and, you know, once you're out of school at, what, 36 years old, you know, practicing to be a doctor, that then you can, you know, make some money. And that's something I never was interested in. I'm like, no, I don't like school. And now, you know, I dropped out. I don't know how many of you know that I dropped out, but I'm to the point where I, I am so glad I did because that knowledge, a lot of the knowledge in there, you know, there's always good knowledge, but some of it is just not meant for you, you know, and that's something that we don't do as a society is we don't try to seek the knowledge that is intended for us. You know, there's certain skills and trades that we should know about, and there's some that we just don't even leave it to somebody else because that's their purpose. That's their gifts. That's their talents. That's what they were made to do. And we start to put ourselves in a limiting situation where we're just like, okay, I guess, I guess that compromise, right? We just talked about no compromises. You start to compromise even your capabilities and you compromise your talents and your gifts that were bestowed upon you and given to you so you could have some type of safety 
And we do that so often that we don't even realize we're doing it. We're just doing it because it's so normal, because it's so normalized, like everything else that people are just starting to accept. It's so normalized that we're okay with it. We're okay with having a mediocre job, having a mediocre family. We're okay with having these type of instances, but you got to understand that there is so much we are capable of. And even just looking at something as simple as finances, that's an issue. That's an issue for us. We very much understand that we need money to live, right? But once we start worrying about these type of things, we can't focus on the bigger picture. One conversation that we just had, Lex and I, we just had is we were talking about the evil that goes on in the world. And we were asking very provocative questions of conversations we may never release to the public because some conversations we just can't talk about. You know, there's some conversations that we have when it comes to dimensions that I won't say. Um, There's some conversations that come to God that I can't say, that I can't speak of because that knowledge could be taken very ill-willed. You know, it could... uh lead someone down destruction if they're not prepared for that type of knowledge, you know? So there are certain things that we just can't release online. You know, if we were to meet, let's say you listening to this right now, you know, if we were to meet you somewhere and and you had, we understood and knew innately that you had that capability to listen to these type of conversations, we would very well have them. That is not an issue at all. We love going deep into certain conversations. But we know that some of these can't be had. You know, some some of this knowledge can't be shared at all. And one thing that kind of itched at us was what is the the purpose? You know, why is there of life? Why is there so much evil? And why did the God allow there to be so much evil, like to an extent? And one of the answers I gave her, because I've seen a bunch of bad things you know, I've seen evil, I've seen, and, and, you know, I can, as a spiritual being too, I can connect and even visually see certain things go on when it comes to lives being taken, when it comes to abuse and exploiting and, and just taking advantage of another human, human being before taking their lives. I've seen these things in Alien, I felt them through the person themselves. And I told her it was kind of like my, my answer to her was maybe I am not as deeply affected with it. And I can't say this is something positive or negative. I think this is more so like a neutral standpoint of trying to understand for myself too, why I'm not as impacted by it, because there are a lot of things that I hate, but I very much understand this is what I told her too. I very much understand that there's a lot more evil than what we even see, you know, than what's on the news, than things we could look up and find on the internet, than things that go on in the dark web, than all these things that even conspiracies have, you know, just sacrifice and rituals and all this other thing. Like there's far more evil than this. And I've experienced it, you know, I've experienced glimpses of it, I've experienced the feelings of it, and one of my, one of my trying to kind of get an answer for myself too, was saying, I just haven't been in this world long enough to be connected to it, and that's, I don't know if that's it all the way, because I'm, I was very used to numbing and disconnecting myself from the world in a different sense. But that was kind of uh, something that I I had to look at because at the same time, you know, Yeshua, he was very compassionate over little things. Even whenever someone was blind, he was compassionate over that. So I can't say it's a good thing. Um, But I said, hey, maybe it's because I haven't been in this world long enough, you know? And I don't say that as being young because I could be 70 years old and still say that. 
it's the point of the same conversation we've previously had when it comes to two-dimensional, three-dimensional, four-dimensional. Whenever you're playing a video game, you see kids go and they get so emotionally attached to the game where they're letting out certain emotions that they don't even let out in real life. They're becoming so angry with a video game that they're playing because they become so emotionally attached to it. And us being four-dimensional spiritual beings, well, it's not even four-dimensional, you know, it's way above that. Us being spiritual beings, we have that type of uh, emotional connection, okay? So emotions are a part of the spirit. So whenever our emotions are attached to something, that's whenever we become of it in a sense. We become in it. Okay, so one thing that we realize too is we become so materialistic because we're in this world so long, because we know nothing else besides it. Similar to how people, they can be inside of a video game so long to the point where if you go and unplug it, they could beat you up and possibly murder you. You know, their emotions are so attached to it to where they go and do intense things. There's people that go and literally ruin and and destroy and just flush their relationships down the drain because of you messing with their video games. There's these instances. So it shows you, goes to show you how much we are susceptible. You know, so that's why I think God's creation is so beautiful. It's incredibly beautiful because even the pineal glands that we have, it almost, I wouldn't say neuters us, but it caps us off and it blocks us off to an extent of what we can and can't see. Because Lex, for example, she is a spiritual being beyond anyone I've ever met and beyond anyone I'll possibly ever meet. Like, Literally, the only person I can compare her to is God. As a, as a spiritual being, the only person I can compare to her is God. And, you know, it, of course it is because she was made in God's image. The amount of beauty and intelligence and, and just every characteristic that she has, the wisdom and divinity that comes from her is just amazing. And... Being that she's very aligned with that spirit, being that she has a very open pineal gland and she's to the point where she resonates with people and she has this alignment with God really is what it is. She is very susceptible to outside influences. So if someone has just a little bit of a bad vibration and comes around her, it can stick on her really hard. You know what I mean? Like she can go and she could smell you out. If you're listening to this right now and she just hears your name, she will know so much about you. She will know what you're going through at this very moment. You know, and I'm getting there. I'm getting to that point. But hers is just amazing. You know, I'm getting to the point where if I see someone's picture, you know, I can kind of go and see what they're going through or what they've been through. Her, she just got to hear a name and she'll kind of know. She'll just resonate with it. And and it's just knowing what I'm talking about. And I, and I say that too, because going back to, well, seeing that how God's creation was made is just so beautiful to see that he, he knew that we were like this. So he's like, here, just slowly uncover this knowledge. You know, like you wouldn't go and tell someone that wants to become a NASCAR driver, you know, just get in the car and drive. And they've never been in the car at all ever in their life. So you're putting them in a situation where they have to go extremely fast, have to be able to control and maneuver a vehicle going at that speed. So it's we are created to uncover what it's like to be a spiritual being in a sense, you know. So just like children, we are born knowing nothing and we have to uncover what it's like to be a grown up, an adult, a human, what's right, what's wrong, all these other things. And then we go deeper, you know, we go one level up and we have to figure out why we have to live in certain ways. And I say it's beautiful because even when it comes to fear, even when it comes to our cortisol, our fight or flight, it's such a beautifully intricate 
way that God created us to be to where we even desire, we we like what we think we like, like our physicality. I'm trying to get somewhere here, okay? The the dopamine that we have, the dopamine that's released in our head whenever we believe we've done something good or whenever we have a sign of affirmation that we've done something good, it's released in our brain. So we can literally go and change our desires. And we can literally go and be in positions where we understand that th- these are two things that we have to have. We We have fight or flight. You know, you make that decision. Sometimes it just makes it for you. We have adrenaline to the point where if we are injured or wounded, we don't feel it as much to where we have adrenaline to the point where we can go and save lives by lifting cars off of other people. Like it's such a beautiful creation that God has made for us. And then it goes. And even in that sense, we we were made to overcome we were placed in these vessels so that we can overcome them. That's what Christ came to do. He overcame anything that other people didn't think was possible. He was over here healing people's hands. He was over here going and giving eyesight to people that were blind. He was over here walking on water, making bread for multitudes and multiples, turning water into wine, doing all these type of miracles that even those, a lot of the times we don't believe. And there were so many more that were not written because they understood we wouldn't believe them. So it's the it's it's the whole thing about believing that we can and can't and that's the huge point of what we're always talking about if you believe you can and you believe you can't you're right and even when it comes to hypnotherapists I kind of want to go into that because even that in itself whenever you start looking at the whole thing of hypnosis they make it to the point where you can forget your name and some some hypnotherapists I don't know uh there's some magicians too. I don't know if that's uh what what practice it's called exactly, but there's some that actually go and they can to a sense read your mind. But at the same time, you can also plant seeds. You can give people thoughts without ever saying a word. And that movie, Now You See Me, it is such a, a good movie because it shows beyond just a a really good planning like oh we went and we you know dressed up in these costumes and did this no these guys play such uh on a different level like they're over here going and giving little suggestions okay so that's something that that's from thank you grow rich too they they talk about out of suggestions so there's two things in which you can change your mind you can help form your own mindset okay so i'm giving you some free game right here there's affirmations, what a lot of people talk about, and affirmations, uh, out of suggestions, excuse me. So out of suggestions is more so like a suggestion of how we should act whenever a certain situation transpires. So it's almost like, hey, this is what you should do. This is what you should do. Rather than I am, you know, so it's countering our defects defects so let's say for example you go and you are just a hothead right you're a hothead and you just love to get mad you love to hit things you get mad really easily rather than you saying i am calm i am this i am that you go and you get very specific if you know you have something that easily triggers you off for example you go to work and someone takes your parking spot your out of suggestion would be whenever I take my, whenever someone steals my parking spot, I will act accordingly. You know, I will find something else without losing my cool, whatever it may be. So these two things, I, I believe it's it's a little deeper than that as well on how we can do it personally. But these are to change our mentalities. You know, even whenever it's doubt, hey, whenever I believe that I can't do something, I'm going to show myself that I can, even when it comes to the focus, the reticular activating system that we have, this, all these things. And this is what's going to be a huge part of soul ties of understanding how 
our body works. That's why we call it soul ties because we want we don't want to make it seem, oh, this is all about relationships. No, we want to make it seem to make your soul because that's basically what everything's at war with. The spiritual battle that's going on within you, within each and every one of us, it's always a fight for the soul. Whenever you hear Christ talking and preaching to the people, he tells the disciples you will be winners of souls. He saves souls. It's the souls that we are, okay? And these souls are the ones that lean towards whatever it is that we want, okay? If we want to walk the straight and narrow path, we will have the spirit winning over our soul. If we want to live in the world, be of the world, we're going to live a very fleshly life, Okay, so it's a battle with the flesh and the spirit, and the soul is the battleground. That's what they're fighting for. So you could say it's a trophy, and that's where heaven and hell come in place, right? That's why this was named Heck versus Hell, because it's a, it's, it's a battle. It's a battle that goes on, and even when it comes to the, the simplicity of Heck, you know, as people say, what the heck, you know, as to not go and say, what the hell, you know, one sounds a little nicer than the other. So it's uh, the the kind of, I guess you could say the good and bad. It was a kind of a double entendre by saying, you know, my name is Hector. Heck, right? That's what some people call me, heck. So it was kind of a double entendre in that sense, too, of sharing what I've experienced, sharing my knowledge to give it to you to fight your own hell, right? Because we're all fighting the same hell. We're all fighting the same battles to an extent, the same enemies. Whether you see them or not, whether they look the same or not, we're all fighting the same enemies and we're all fighting for the same kingdom. We are all living with the same spirit. The Holy Spirit is one. We, we are unity whenever we come to the body of Christ. That's why they called it the body. That's why they say, uh, Paul the Apostle would say that we have different purposes, right? One has an eye, one is a leg, one is a hand, you know, and the eye can't say to the foot, you have no use because even the foot has its own use. Even on your body right now, if you go and you look at your five fingers, you know, if you have five fingers, you know, I don't want to assume all of you listening to this right here, you know, have everything that uh basically most people have i understand that there's also different capabilities but even that you know is given for the glory you know even that if you have certain parts that are not like the others they are still to the point where they have their own uses even the hair on your head it can cover you it can give you heat you know and in cold weather it can help you stay warm you know there's purposes for everything that we see inefficient and as a body we can't say, hey, like, that's that's why that's such a good saying. We can't say, an eye can't say to the foot, hey, you have no purpose or you're less useful than me because they all have their own purposes. We're all working towards the same mission. We're all in the same battle. We should all be unified. So that's the main battle, okay? And, and one thing that I was going to go into when it came to hypnotherapists, what they do, what some magicians do with that movie, Now You See Me, is they would go and they would get to the point where they understood the body so much like magicians that's what they utilize they know things that a lot of people may even know that's what marketers do too whenever they go for example certain marketers they understand hey just constantly put ads out here whenever they see it right these are suggestions these are out of suggestions whenever you're hungry go to mcdonald's whatever it says whenever you're hungry you know we don't endorse them but yay just because I said the name right now, maybe they should give me a paycheck. But whenever they say all these type of things, right, you're going to think, oh, man, I need some materials. Oh, I just thought about this material store. You know, I'm not going to name any more names right now, but I just thought about this material store. You know, that that's what ads are for, suggestions. That's why they put it in your face. So with hypnotherapists, all these type of things they they go and they understand that hypnosis is putting you in a state and it's the same state that we have right before we fall asleep and they put you in that state and they start to enter suggestions because the wall that is your mind your mind is actually something uh if you, if you go and you look into the reticular activating system that we talk about a lot 
that's more so something that focuses on whatever it is that you focus on. So these are all key points, right? So whenever we go and we have our mind focusing on certain things, seek and you shall find, right? Whenever you have your mind focusing on a color, look at a, look at the color in your room, whatever it is, you know, you'll find all of it. If I say, hey, wherever you're at right now, open your eyes, everything that's red, red, look at everything that's red, five, four, three, two, one, close your eyes. Okay, you look, tell me what's red. Okay, now tell me what's blue without opening your eyes. You don't know what it is, right? Because that's what you're focusing on. I told you focus on red, you're focusing on red. They tell you what to focus on. So your reticular activating system is the mind, is the, the filter rather for the mind. So it helps you not bring every piece of information into your mind. And that's why we talk about all the time, hey, if you have this type of understanding, this other type of understanding won't go into your mind, right? If you believe this, this thing that is contrary to your belief won't come in because your mind is closed, right? That's that's why we have the mind. Whenever we are in that certain uh, state of mind, I believe it's theta, if I'm not mistaken, it's uh, the state right before we're falling asleep. We don't have those walls up. We don't have the walls of our mind up to block out these certain thoughts, these certain references, these certain suggestions, right? If someone tells you, hey, go outside and, you know, smoke some drugs right now. If you don't do that, if that is not what you are for, you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't want to do it. That's why a lot of hypnotherapists, they go and they hypnotize certain patients so they can go and stop smoking, you know, start smoking cigarettes, whatever it is, and it works. That's why whenever they go and they get to the extent where they can say, hey, you have this keyword, this trigger word, it'll make you do X, Y, Z whenever you hear it, you know, so these are uh, things that can be used and and I actually want to look and I'm going to pray on it very hard and I'll come back with you you know I'll, I'll tell you possibly on the next one if you should or shouldn't but I want to pray on it and see if if it can be used for good because this is something that could be considered manipulation therefore divination therefore witchcraft so I'll pray I'll pray on it um <laughs> to let you know what it is but at the same time I know there's good in everything. You know, everything can be used for good, but at the same time, divination is divination. There's such thing as good, uh, black and white magic. You know, white magic is just something that helps with ailments, you know, helps like sage. Sage is considered white magic, but it's still searching for power outside of the holy divine. So that's where it could get really controversial where it could be a gray area because there's certain things that just aren't directly talked about in the bible but of course we have to tread softly because getting involved with these things this is i'm telling you because i don't want you to say well i'm gonna do what i want to do you know i want to be able to give you the consequences the consequence of potentially entering into something like that could be you inviting certain demons into your life okay that 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 would be the consequences if it were divination that's why i'm saying hey be careful don't just jump into it let me pray on it um and i'll i'll come back with you but these type of things that certain people use to basically change their life you know, and change others' lives. That's why I still am not too sure about conf uh, affirmations. You know, that's a sign of telling us, hey, the suggestions, manipulation in a sense, you know, changing our mind, but at the same time, it's doing it to ourselves, right? So that's where it's it's a thin line, you know, because I'm not too sure. So I got to kind of weigh that one out. I'll, I'll tell you about it. But the consequence, you know, if it is, would be you bringing a spirit with you, something bad coming into your life, a, a spiritual negative spiritual energy entering into your life. Because it's the same way with tarot cards. 
with tarot cards. That's what they are, is different spirits outside of God giving you direction, giving you certain things that are going on in people's lives. Because the thing about it is that these hypnotherapists, whenever they get to the point where they can read people's minds, it could be little subtle hints, little subtle trigger notes. You know, certain things where they just, hey, all right, I'm going a, I'm to a think of, a, I'm going to get you to think of a name. But at the same time, one of the things that I do know that Bob Proctor taught was planting seeds. You know, if you're at certain frequencies, you can get to the point where you think of a color and the next person thinks of a color and the next person thinks of a color and you're all thinking of the same color. You all wrote it down. And these is things that magicians use. So that's something that I want to explore together with you. These types of conversations is understanding where it comes from, because those are frequencies. You know, that's the difference is is there can be these frequencies to where you are such a high frequency. You are such a high vibration to where you're thinking of the color green and now everybody else is thinking of it. So that there's so much that we got to explore and we got to talk about and so much knowledge that we got to get to, too. Um, one of the things I definitely want to go into is the Da Vinci Code. I've heard of it before. I don't know what it's about. I don't know completely what it's about. I know uh, some of it is basically talking about how Yeshua possibly had children with Mary Magdalene, which I I don't really believe, but something I want to explore because there could be certain truths to it. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be hidden knowledge uh, in a lot of places. You know, it's just a matter of looking to it. And that's one thing with churches is they're so boxed up that they don't search beyond their church. They don't search beyond the the certain principles that they've put in place. And that's the same thing that the Pharisees had. They didn't go and have mercy. They didn't go and pray and help people heal because as disciples of Christ, we were given those gifts. Even Judas was given the gift to bring people back to life. You could do the same. Right now, what I'm I'm trying to get into is I have to get out of the certain place that I'm at right now. Not, not uh, mentally, but physically. I have to get out of a certain place I'm at right now. And I know very shortly, I have a cousin I haven't really spoke to. Um, I have a cousin that has leukemia. And he's a younger cousin. I believe he's 15, 16, maybe. And I know that I have to go and lay my hands on him that that can go away. I know his parents and his siblings, his older siblings, they're all fighting and and trying to struggle to basically get the money together to try to cure the leukemia or whatever. But I know that I can lay my hands on him and he'll be okay. I can pray over him and it'll be done. And a lot of the, the spirit, I mean, the physical ailments that we have come from spiritual ailments come from the lack of foundation. So if you're over here with constantly being flooded with negative thoughts, your mind is fighting against you. So it's no different than a cancer. You see what I'm saying? You having all these negative thoughts is no different than a cancer. So that's why things like The Secret, you know, certain books like this, where it's all about your thinking, that's what we're trying to do too. But we're going based off of what was given to us. Okay, that's why whenever I tell you, you are purposed, you are made in the image of God. These are things that were directly given from who created us. So we're reading the manual to tell you this is what it is. Okay, that's the difference. That's a major key difference because a lot of people, they could be out here teaching all certain types of things and tell you, hey, you can have all these women if that's what you desire. Like, like that's not what we're going to tell you. You know, that could be something that leads you into actually wanting a married relationship. But if y'all look at the movie, um, y'all want to look at the movie, look it up. I think it's on YouTube. It's called, let me, let me look it up right now so I could tell you what it's called. I believe it's called The Secret. Let me make sure, let me double check. So you guys can watch it and have your own little 
understanding of how the mind works and how it's correlating with even our our physical being our physical health physical our physical health um and how they just kind of go together okay so yeah there's there's it's on a movie it's free with ads you can watch it on youtube it's an hour and 30 minutes called the secret and it basically talks about all these different things it talks about the law of attraction and uh different things so the only difference is some of these teachings just like certain organizations certain cults certain um basically empires in the past they've used this knowledge for bad i'm telling you because we're a couple episodes in already okay we're we're pretty far down the line um, even if you haven't heard them to an extent, you were led here for a reason. I want you to look at that and understand that our bodies have a lot to do with our f- spirituality. Okay, so by me going and laying my hands on my cousin and and knowing that he is healed, they will be led to Christ. Okay, because I'm not gonna say, "Oh, I did it. That's right. That's what I got. That's my power." No, I'm gonna say, "Hey, this is Christ. This is God." This is the living God that just did that for you. And he's calling you. That's what's going to go on. That's that's kind of how it is, though, is like we, we have to understand that we are given these responsibilities. We are given these powers through the spirit. And if we have the Holy Spirit in us, if we are a part of it, why would we not be able to access the powers that were given to us? You know? Because even Christ came to humble himself and to show us, hey, I'm the son, okay? And and our, my father is your father, meaning I'm your brother. So Christ came and humbled himself, even though he's God, to let us know, hey, you are also to this level, to this degree, you know, don't, 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 don't put yourself above God. Don't put yourself above Christ. Of course, I will never encourage that. I'll never say that, but I'm saying he wants you to look at himself as par with Christ. That's what they want. They want us to be able to see ourselves like that because that's how we were made. We are made in their image. So we should look at ourselves with those powers. We have powers over Satan. We have power to crush scorpions and snakes' heads. We have the promises, and these are promises. This is why I'm saying this, because it's up to you whether you believe it or not. We have the promises to walk through fire and not be scorched, yet it's only if you believe it or not. It's only whether you want to say, I know that you can do this, God. For if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, which is unwavering, no single bit of doubt in your mind, you can tell this mountain, get up, jump into the ocean. Faith can move mountains. Okay. So we have incredible capabilities incredible capabilities and one of the things that we have to do is continuously unlock the knowledge and wisdom that was given to us some of it is hidden wisdom even when it comes to revelations revelations (laughs) revelations even when it comes to revelations it wasn't given to us to understand just like that like oh my gosh there's gonna be four guys on horses that are gonna release drugs into the air or pollen into the air and that's you know all this and that no it's a lot of it is even spiritual there's not going to be a huge dragon you know there could be i never know there's not going to be a huge dragon that comes out of the ocean with seven heads if i'm not mistaken I, i don't even remember it all the way but it's a lot of parables because even whenever that's the way Yeshua spoke in parables so that we can understand, hey, this is the analogy to what the kingdom of heaven is like. This is the analogy to the spiritual. OK, it's like a farmer that separated the wheats from the tares. OK, that's the analogy. Your souls will be separated 
from wheat and tares, okay? You will be separated. You will be put into like sheep and goats. You will be separated at an appointed time. These are parables that were given to us. These are understanding so we can comprehend in this flesh. So in that same mannerism, we have to comprehend and understand that we have incredible powers because even though he spoke in parables, even though he was given this knowledge to them like that, to the disciples, he gave them the direct knowledge. And he also gave them the direct responsibility and privilege to access this power of the Holy Spirit. To be able to go and heal ailments and, and have the lame get up and walk, which is what we need to do. Because that's somewhere where we're failing as Christians, quote unquote. I don't like saying that because in reality, Christianity has gotten so weak. Extremely weak. Back in the day, whenever the disciples were going hard, they were over here dying for it. They were over here standing in front of multitudes saying, if you're going to kill me, kill me. But Jesus is king. And that's how we got to be. We got to be to that extent, to that form of standing up for what we believe in even if we know we got a gun to our head say christ is not king and we got to be right there may christ forgive your soul and that's where it comes in that's what that's the way we got to be and that's why i'm excited you know that's why i'm really appreciative that he picked someone like me yet he allowed me to go into certain lifestyles that i was at because I'm trying to be a gangster for God. You know, we got to be honest here. That's that's what I want to be. That's something that I'll proudly claim. And that's one of the biggest accomplishments that you can do is die for the kingdom. And you are already guaranteed in there, but it's like that's just cookies, you know, bonus points, whatever you're going to call them. I, I want to say that I did die for the kingdom. I want to say that I died on my two feet saying Christ is king. You know, and that's why I'm ready to to write these types of songs because I want to get in that industry and tell them, let them know who it is. Let them know who's behind me and who stands with me and within me. Let them know that I will have to die uplifting his name. That's what I'm going to do. And that's what it's going to be. So that's where I want you to be as well. That's the whole point of this series that's the whole point of this whole broadcast and audios and everything that we do is is well heck verzel of course and that's also the the ddc is very much aligned to that it's about elevation you know it's about making sure that you spiritually elevate so you can get to that position as well so you can get to the position of understanding who you truly are and what you truly are more importantly so that is the purpose to expand the kingdom of heaven. Whether it may not be laid out exactly as other people's are. Where they're over here trying to say, quote, certain things. And get into certain scriptures and try to break them down. You know, of course, we'll have those type of moments. We'll have those times. We have the Truth Seekers of Mastermind Alliance, TSMA, going on right now on the DDC. Where we're releasing certain things with knowledge, with so much knowledge. We will still go to that and, and always go back to the foundation. But at the same time, just like Christ said, I am the law. You know, I am. I am the word of God. He never said it, but that's what he was saying. I am the word of God. So we have to have that. As he said, you know, this is all things. I'm just saying it right now because we're already on this topic. As he said, we have to have this written on our heart. We have to have these as our own beliefs. And that's expanding the kingdom of heaven. That's being in unity with God, in unity with the spirit, in unity with the divine creator of the universe, of all universes. Because I don't believe there's just one. So that's where we're at right here, okay? So I want you to remember that. Remember that. And if you don't remember it, you got to keep coming back here. Make sure I help you remember that, that you are purpose and you have an extraordinary mission that you must accomplish in your life. And I want to see it. I want to see all of you accomplish this mission that you have set in your life. I can't tell you, hey, this is what you're meant to do. 
That's not for me to tell you. That's for you to discover within yourself that was placed within you predestined to your birth. Okay, so that's where we're at right now. That's the conversation we had to have you know. So we're here. We're just getting stronger and getting to that point where it's it's time to stand. Okay, the, the end times are coming. They're coming. Okay, so I just want y'all to know that. And I want y'all to know that I'm on y'all side. Okay, we're on the same side here. We're all fighting the same enemies. We're all fighting for the same kingdom. Okay, so you know who it is. I love you. Keep up that momentum. Keep up that faith. Keep up that fight. Keep up that stride. Keep up the walk of life. Okay, I love you all. Catch you on the flip side. See you on the next episode. See you at some live events, some webinars, all this and that. I'll catch you on the flip side.